lines of elephants and gladiators, cartoonish palaces in the backgrounds, a sense that I had chosen all the wrong colors, aquamarine for chariots, goldenrod for skies. On the television screen planted in the seat back in front of me, our little airplane icon streaks past Marseille, Nice. A bottle of baby formula, lying sideways in the seat pocket, soaks through the fabric and drips onto my carry-on, but I don't reach down to straighten it for fear I will wake Henry. We have crossed from North America to Europe in the time it takes to show a Lindsay Lohan movie and two episodes of Everybody Loves Raymond. The outside temperature is minus 60 degrees Fahrenheit. A taxi drops us in front of a palace, stucco and travertine, a five-bay facade, a staircase framed by topiaries. The gatekeeper stubs his cigarette on a shoe sole and says, in English, You're the ones with the twins? He shakes our hands, gives us a set of keys. Our apartment is in a building next to the palace. The front gate is nine feet tall and iron and scratched in a thousand places. It looks as if wild dogs have been trying to break into the courtyard. A key unlocks it. We find the entrance around the side. The boys stare up from their car seats with huge eyes. We load them into a cage elevator with wooden doors that swing inward. Two floors rattle past. I hear finches, truck brakes. Neighbors clomp through the stairwell. A door slams. There are the voices of children. The gate three stories down, clangs hugely. Our door opens into a narrow hallway. I fill it slowly with bags. Shauna, my wife, carries the babies inside. The apartment is larger than we could have hoped. Two bedrooms, two bathrooms, new cabinets, 12-foot ceilings, tile floors that carry noise. There's an old desk, a navy blue couch. The refrigerator is hidden inside a cupboard. There's a single piece of art, a poster of seven or eight gondolas crossing a harbor, a hazy piazza in the background. The apartment's jewel is a terrace, which we reach through a narrow door in the corner of the kitchen, as if the architect recognized the need for a doorway only at the last moment. It squats over the building's entrance, 30 feet across, 50 feet up. From it, we can look between treetops at jigsaw pieces of Rome, terracotta roofs, three or four domes, a double-decker campanile, the scattered green of terrace gardens, everything hazed and strange and impossible. The air is moist and warm. If anything, it smells vaguely of cabbage. This is ours? Shauna asks. The whole terrace? It is, except for our door, there is no other entrance onto it. We lower the babies into mismatched cribs that don't look especially safe. A mosquito floats through the kitchen. We share a Nutra-grain bar. We eat five packages of saltines. We have moved to Italy. For a year, I'll be a fellow at the American Academy in Rome. There are no students here, no faculty, only a handful of artists and scholars, each of whom is given a year in Rome to pursue independent projects. I'm a fellow in literature. All I have to do is write. I don't even have to show anyone what I write. 
In return, they give me a studio, the keys to this apartment, two bath mats, a stack of bleached towels every Thursday, and $1,300 a month. We'll live on the Janiculum Hill, a green wave of trees and villas that rears a few hundred yards and a series of centuries-old stone staircases above the Roman neighborhood called Trastevere. I stand on a chair on the terrace and try to find the Tiber River and the maze of distant buildings but see no boats, no bridges. A guidebook at the Boise Public Library said Trastevere was charming, crammed with pre-Renaissance churches, medieval lanes, nightclubs. All I see is haze, rooftops, treetops. I hear the murmur of traffic. A palm tree out the window traps the sunset. The kitchen faucet drips. We did not apply for this fellowship. We did not even know that it existed. Nine months ago, we got a letter from the American Academy.